You're about to listen to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Season 3, Episode 22. My guest today is Alistair Deards. Alistair is an accountant, but much more importantly than an accountant, he's pursuing a project of passion to provide early intervention support to people suffering from mental illness. There's a lot more to the story and a lot more to find out about as it relates to Alistair and his cause. So if you're ready to hear more, let's get started. Hello, it's your host, Mediocre Mitch, and welcome to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast, Season 3, Episode 22. My guest today is Alistair Deards. Now, I am guessing that the vast majority of you are like Alistair Deards? Who's that? Well, here's the deal. I didn't know who Alistair was either. Um, but as you do know, if you're a listener of the Meet Media, if you're a listener of the Meet Mediocrity podcast, you'll know that I've been focusing um, at least a few episodes, including my 70th episode on mental health. And um, my guest on episode episode 70, which was season three, episode 20 equals 70. Um, my guest was a colleague of mine and a friend of mine named Liz Swigert, and Liz told a powerful story to our listeners, and I was preparing for my interview with Liz, and I was doing some research, and I ran across Alistair's LinkedIn profile, and um, he is working on creating an organization called Mental Health Change. And I was intrigued by what he was trying to do. So I reached out to Alistair and he told me a story, which he's going to tell us on today's podcast. Um, So I'm not going to steal a lot of his thunder, but it's a story of an accountant, Alistair, who had a life event, a family member in crisis, and a light bulb moment for himself of, I can try to provide people suffering from mental illness better options, better care, earlier care. So Alistair has struck out, a struck out, he hasn't struck out, he has struck, he has set off, how about that, set off, that's not right either, let me try that again, he he has moved forward in setting up an organization called Mental Health Change, which you can find at mentalhealthchange.org. And um, he's passionate about this. He is personally invested in it. And he's making tremendous progress in providing early intervention support to people suffering from mental illness. So I'm not going to steal any more thunder. With Oh, yes, I did want to say one thing. So before I say without further delay, one more thing. So this was done, um, this podcast was done over Zoom. Um, Alistair sitting in Kent County, England, which is in the southeastern side of England. Me sitting on Long Island in New York. We had a couple of little glitchy moments with internet reception and audio quality. I edited most of them out, but there are a couple of little 
glitchy moments that you don't really lo- you actually you don't lose any of the words you certainly don't lose any meanings but you'll be like what's going on there it's a little bit of a scratch or a little bit of a skip bear with me it's the be- it was much more powerful to let it roll and get the story from Alistair than to try to worry about audio quality. So forgive a couple of glitchy moments in this episode and listen to the story because it's a powerful one. So now, without further delay, here's my conversation with Alistair Deards. Alistair, thank you so much for being with me today. Nice to meet you, Mitch, and um, looking forward to this podcast. Well, I have to tell you, I ran across you um, through some random scrolling through LinkedIn and I really got captivated by mental health change and what you're trying to do. So I'd like to introduce my listeners to you, but I think I'd like to start by introducing them to mental health change, what you're trying to do today, and then we'll work our way back to to learning a little bit more about Alistair. How's that sound? That sounds absolutely fine to me, Mitch. So over to you. Okay, no problem at all. So mental health change um, was effectively formed uh, as a a group last June um, with a number of members from the LinkedIn community, a mix of doctors, psychiatrists, um, accountants, lawyers, IT, basically a group of people who all had the same desire to see change made within the mental health environment and the way that mental health was treated. I had written a paper that had a number of recommendations um, for those changes to take place. The most popular one being the 555 or three-digit phone number um, that along with uh, free therapy being available within 48 hours was by far the suggestion that has gained most traction both in the UK and around the world. Um, I've been talking to people in US, Canada, Australia, New Zealand and uh, India in relation to this. Um, The principles of this are based on what is happening in New Zealand, which is 1737, and that's been running since June 2017. It then adds a second element of uh, therapeutic support on a a seven-day-a-week basis, and this has been proven in Cornwall in the UK for a company called Minova. So let me pause, let me pause you for a second, Alistair. So, if I understand this correctly, what what you're advocating for is a a a three digit kind of emergency phone number, so people who are in mental health crisis have a place that they can call, a number they can remember and call for help, and then um, being able to get those people therapy at no charge very quickly, so they can begin taking care of themselves and getting themselves through their crisis. Do I have that right? You're absolutely right, Mitch. But what we're trying to do is we're not trying to focus like most helplines on the suicide point. We're trying to focus on a situation of early intervention and prevention 
of a mental health illness occurring. So, you, so you're not, um, so the people you're hoping will pick up the phone and dial that three digit number are the people who are simply, I shouldn't say simply cause it's not simple, um, but who are simply having, you know, their off an awful moment, not necessarily suicidal, but feeling, you know, particularly depressed or particularly anxious and saying, I don't want to go through this alone. Let me pick up the phone. This is absolutely right. Um, mental health illness can move very, very quickly. It doesn't move quickly in all circumstances, but there are occasions when it can move very quickly, particularly if it is revolving around uh, an event that can't be resolved or solved. And that can lead to insomnia. Uh, it can lead to all sorts of different issues, PTSD. And the majority of it is pure anxiety and depression. We recognize that. But those things can be helped through talking therapies. And so the principles of what we're trying to do is enable those talking therapies to be available um, within ideally 48 hours or maybe even the same day. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not looking to scare people um, because certainly that, you know, many of us, many of us um, have anxious and, and depressed moments. In fact, I would venture to say virtually everyone does. Um, and, and, not, and, and, not, and not all of those anxious or depressed moments, in fact, the, a very few of them will lead to a rapid decline in potentially suicidal thoughts. However, Absolutely right. However, those people, as I understand it, and I'm by no means a mental health expert, but as I understand it, people, you know, th- there are people who ha- are, are, are nervous about an event and that, that's like very, very simplistic. But there are also people yeah. who know they are entering a bout of anxiety or a bout of depression that is intense for them. Those are the people you want picking up the phone. You don't need That's to self-diagnose right. and decide this is this is leading towards something worse or this is leading to a suicidal thought. It's I'm feeling particularly bad for me. So. Absolutely. And and the principles of what we want to be able to do if we can establish these phone lines is to provide support, not just for somebody suffering, but also to be able to provide advice for family, friends who might be concerned about an individual so that they can have information provided to them, so that they can have signposting to organisations, local organisations, which might be able to help. Now, to take an example within the UK, sorry, I, I can't really do one in the US right at this point in time, but within the UK, for example, say a um, 40-year-old, 50-year-old man came in contact with us and said he was suffering from anxiety, depression or something along those lines and was feeling pretty bad. We might recommend something like Sean's Place. Sean's Place is for men only. It is run by a superb lady called Debbie Rogers. And they have it so the infrastructure behind it is not just about opening doors and 
um, letting people in to socialise. It is about providing information to people in a very practical and positive manner and at the same time maintaining records so that the GPs are informed that everybody is working together to help that individual. So that's just an example of the sort of signposting we would like to see. Or it might be, you know, are you aware that in Maystone there's a anxiety group that meet once a month um, and here's the contact number? That's the sort of signposting that we would want to enable to attend. But then if the person on the end of the phone believed that potentially therapy could be useful, then they would be an offering to go to a therapist uh, that would have somewhere between six and ten sessions. And the aim of that would be that you do have the same therapist throughout that period of time. Certainly within the UK, one of the issues we have is, A, it takes an awful long time to actually get any therapy at all. And secondly, between the first and the second appointment, quite often the people change. So you continue to end up suffering having to go through the same information time and time again and that's the last thing we want to happen we want to be able to get structured therapy to someone as quickly as possible and to provide them with the resource that will enable their recovery in as quickly as possible so and so first of all a couple of things i heard there a that this isn't just for the sufferer it's for the, the people around the, that the sufferer is around. So if you've got a family member or a friend that you recognize is suffering, you can actually pick up the phone. You can actually right. get, get information that might be helpful to your loved one or your friend. Absolutely right. Yeah. Okay. So mental health change is, as, I, as I'm hearing it, it's, a, it's actually an aspiration. It's something you're working on pulling together so that we have that support for people, yes? Yeah, we've, we've very recently turned it into a, a legal organisation, which is the MH Change Foundation, um, non-profit company. Um, that's literally just a, an embryo stage at this point in time in the UK. So you're, so you're at the organisational and fundraising stage at the moment? Correct. Okay. Absolutely correct. So as I understand it, Alistair, you and I have something in common. We're both accountants. We probably have other things in common too, but we're both accountants. And we, you know, have found various projects in our lives that actually drive us more deeply than perhaps accounting does, which is... But, you know, accounting is a good career. I'm not knocking it. But I think one of the, the reasons I put this podcast together not just for my own finding something more meaningful than than doing accounting, but also to deliver the message that, you know, overall health and wellness often includes doing things that make you want to jump out of bed in the morning and do it. And so this um, mental health change um, has become that for you. So can you tell me a little bit how, you know, Alistair decided that, you know, he needed a little bit more than accounting and you took on such a massive undertaking. 
Sure. Um, so we had a situation where a family member suffered with mental health and we saw some of the pitfalls that were occurring within the system. We encountered these pitfalls not only for the family member, but a number of other people within the community. And we got together and came up with some ideas which really created mental health change. I then met um, this company I've mentioned before, Minerva, and I, I, it was a really a bit of a light bulb moment that enabled me to see that quite practically, if we could create the scenario whereby there is this helpline with support occurring from the beginning of an illness or even prior to the beginning of an illness, we can slow and hopefully stop suffering occurring and going further. Now, I recognise it is not a 100% cure for everybody, but I do believe that it will reduce potentially mental health illness by up to 30%. The benefits of this are not just in, only in the humanitarian aspect, they're financial as well. So wait, you jumped, wait, you jumped, you jumped, you jumped ahead a little bit. You jumped ahead a little bit for me um, because you you went um, you went to Minerva and, and and how it can reduce mental health by thirty percent. But can you give me a, just a quick insight as to what Minerva what Minerva does that that would reduce potentially reduce mental mental illness by that amount? Cool. Sorry about that. Um, so Minerva are a company who have effectively created a booking system that you could almost call it the, the Uber of psychiatry. Okay. They have created a portal whereby psychiatrists can book in time that they're willing to see patients over a seven-day basis, and they're, it's open from 7 o'clock in the morning till 9 o'clock at night, seven days a week. Then they have clients who come in with various problems. Um, at this point, this isn't through a phone line. This is through doctor recommendation. So it's it's not the scenario that we're talking about. But it, um, the reason I believe we can get the 30% is that by combining the 1737 from New Zealand and combining this service, put the two together so that we lose the stigma of mental health. So anyone can just pick up a phone, ring three digits, talk to people to ensure that the best treatment is possible at the earliest point in time. This is the reason why I believe we'll be able to reduce mental health by 30%. So I'm going to, I'm going to let you get to the economics in a second, but to me, That's what absolutely I mean, fine. so what, but what I'm hearing is, um, a, you want you want this hotline. This is not a hotline that's designed to. I hate to use the term, but I'll just use it. Speak someone off the ledge. You're, I mean, if, if it needs to be, so be it. But it's that's not what it's designed for. What it's designed no, for is these, earlier these, intervention. These, correct. These these lines are already in existence. That's right. The U the U S and Canada are now bringing those lines under three digit numbers as we speak, and that will occur within the next. Um, year. Uh, both of those have been agreed, but they are those three digits are only going to the suicide helplines that are already in place. 
So that so that you're you're not looking you're not looking for that suicide hotline. What you're looking for is someone, as we mentioned earlier, either someone is having a particularly bad day or moment, or a family member is. You can call and you can get them help. And then it, the Minerva angle is, you know, to be able to provide that help basically seven days a week and get someone to that talk therapy as quickly as possible without a lot of red tape, without a lot of bureaucracy. Um, that's where the, that's where the benefits really occur. That's, that's absolutely where the benefits really occur. Um, so talk about the economics, Alistair, you said that this is going to save well, everyone a lot of money, not just heartache, so, but money. <laughs> well, just before we go on to the economics, both in US, Canada, across the world, medical professionals tend to use anti anxiety, antidepressant pills. With this service in place, we're trying to reduce that level of usage. We're trying to enable people to have that choice of how they get treated. To give you an example, someone who runs a mental health charity in the UK suffered with a mental health illness being and this isn't a sexist comment but being a guy it takes him a lot more time to be able to go and see a doctor he built up the courage to go and see that doctor and he openly said to me he said i went and saw the doctor within 10 minutes i walked out and i had a prescription in my hand yeah. with antidepressant pills and i was thinking but i haven't told my story I haven't told him what's going on. I haven't told him what's, you know, as soon as the word depression or anti-anxiety gets mentioned, the first port of call is, right, a prescription. <laughs> you know, no listening, no talking, no finding out, delving into how serious this is. That's what we want the phone number to be able to do. We want people on the end of the phone who can listen from the very first point of call. The aim would be to have uh, a traffic light system so that if it was more serious than the, the initial person and all of the initial people, we, we're aiming to have level four qualified. So they're all proper counsellors, all knowing about mental health. This isn't volunteers. This is going to be a trained service to ensure that we have the right standards in place and they are able to deal with anything that hits them, basically. But for those more serious cases, they'll get then get taken up to the amber and the red scenarios where we will have different processes in place. So we will be able to handle anything that comes through, basically. And in the UK, we would be looking at diverting 999 calls or 111 calls to this line to take that away and also for example at the moment police get called out if it goes through 999 or 111 and then they take people to the hospital by having this service in place immediately we're aiming to alleviate that happening by hopefully getting the person to be talking to them directly at that point in time which in turn saves numerous hours for the police, saves numerous hours for the doctors and for the hospitals. So there's lots and lots of positives. I'll go on to the economics. Okay. The economics are quite astounding when you listen to the numbers. 
The World Health Organization estimates the cost of mental health in Europe to be $1 trillion per annum. UK is approximately £100 billion and the US is approximately $300 billion. If we can provide savings of even 10%, we're talking an enormous amount of number, way beyond the cost of what we're talking about in terms of providing this service. So the return on um, yeah, two accountants talking here. The return yeah, on investment, great, great <laughs> ROI. But let, let's let me just quickly. There are two quick things I'd like to cover um, before we wrap this up. So first of all, let let's. I I don't just admire what you're doing. I I feel passionately about what you're doing. Thank you so much. But more, but 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 bringing it down to like a practical sense, you know, I think you and I would agree that everyone knows someone who is suffering from, from mental health challenges. And, and sometimes, and many of us are suffering or, you know, ourselves. I mean, we will, you know, many of our listeners I'm sure are until something like mental health change um, puts in place what it, what it wants to put in place, which makes perfect sense to me. Um, we still, we, we can't give up on ourselves and our friends. So I think, you know, I want to just get a quick, quick thought from you. You know, people, people are waking up this morning feeling like they're having a bit of, or more than a bit of a crisis. What do we do? Not, not who do we call, but I, 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 I want to get at the don't go it alone thing. Yeah, I mean, certainly the most important thing is to reach out to people who can help. There is no question about that. Now, for different people, that means different tools. I've cancelled, if I'm not a counsellor, I've cancelled a number of people. Some people prefer talking, some people prefer simply texting. Um, in the UK, for example, we have a service called Shout, which is a text-only service, 24-7. Um, there is probably something in the States of a similar nature. Um, there are helplines available out there. But, you know, at this point in time, um, do use them, do call them. And I think you'll find that certain states in the do already have helplines there. They don't have the therapy that we're talking about immediately. But it is worth talking to those people because if they are counsellors, they are going to be able to help and perhaps guide you to, in the same way as I've suggested, local sources that may be beneficial to you. Um, There are a number of things you can do, but the most important thing is that you do recognise what's going on and you do actually attempt to do something to help yourself because at the end of the day the only person who is actually going to help you get over this is yourself but there are a lot of people who help you get there so uh, thank you for saying that i am a firm look i am not an advocate for people pretending to be therapists um but what i am an at but what i am in highly um I, I don't think I'm saying this right. I'm a big advocate of a getting rid of the stigma. 
you know, you're not, you're not alone. You, and you do not need to go through it alone. And, and if you're not going through it, but you have a friend or a loved one who's going through it, the most important thing you can do is to hear them, to be there for them. Absolutely right. It's not, it's not an embarrassment. It's not, you can prevent a lot of, of escalations just by being present just by being there. And so to, to, you know, I think we can do a lot of good by ending the stigma for those who are suffering and ending the stigma for those who love someone who's suffering and just putting it out there will help a lot. I think you're absolutely right. And I've heard lots of stories where sometimes family members don't always recognize what somebody else is experiencing because they haven't experienced it themselves directly. And certainly there is not a handbook that is available and perhaps there should be of warning signs of things that can happen, which are unexpected, but, you know, this, the, what's really interesting about this is that people go and talk about mental health and they think about what's happening to them in their country. And they think about what's happening in their locality and even down to their own family or their own friends. The reality is that there is a massive commonality across the world that the mental health issues that we all suffer are actually identical in their own way. Everyone has their own unique experience, we accept that, but the fundamental issues behind them and the fundamental cures tend to be identical. So going back to the helpline, if we can establish that and we can prove the success of it within a country, a county, etc., it will be able to be snowballed and it could become worldwide and it could reduce mental health illness by the 30% across the whole world would be remarkable. (laughs) It's a a massive dream, but if we don't try, we'll never know. So thank you for that. And thank you for everything you're doing. I want to, I want to wrap up with one kind of final question to you, which is a little bit, a little bit lighter. And that uh, is, you know, as a fellow accountant who um, has found something that he's passionate about, you know, any, any kind of um, self-reflections on how this has changed your life, how, how this, how this, um, aspiration and goal of yours has made waking up in the morning different for you oh vastly um you'll know personally when you are effectively back office which accountants tend to be you live in your own little world and the the outside world is a, a scary place in doing what I'm doing, you've become front of house. You've become the voice of the organization. You are connecting with people um, in a way that you've never done before. 
you have a network of people. I, I, I never had a network of people. It wasn't ever necessary to do the job that I was needing. Uh, to put that in perspective, in December, I think I had 100 LinkedIn connections. I've now got about 2,500 in about seven months since actually going out there and talking to people. And, and I, I, people just link in now. It's, it's amazing. Um, so vastly different, vastly very exciting. And I just hope that can all we can all actually make this work because I think the benefits can be so vast. Well, Alistair, thank you again. I am glad to have met you and, and, and now consider you amongst my network. Thank you, Mitch. And I look forward to continuing our relationship. I look forward to another conversation with you at some point in time when I can give you some even more news. Fantastic. Thanks again. So, look, I, I don't think I need to recap this episode other than a few key points. Obviously, be there for people who are suffering from mental illness and, and having mental health challenges. This is not something that should be, you know, that should have a bad reputation. This isn't something that should be kept under wraps. Being there for one another, seeing and hearing each other, um, and helping each other find help when we need it is critically important. Mentalhealthchange.org will hopefully provide an avenue for people suffering from mental health and mental uh, mental health challenges and mental illness to get that early support that they need. Um, but the other message here that I really found uniquely interesting because it seems to happen to so many people is it's that light bulb moment where a passion project, a cause, a a focus of one's life emerges based upon a big life event. And Alistair had that life event with a family member who was suffering. Alistair jumped into action and he's making a big difference creating mentalhealthchange.org. So um, creating mental health change and, and his website, mentalhealthchange.org. So anyway, I will wrap up by saying um, that if you're enjoying the Meet Mediocrity podcast, please continue to tell your friends. Please continue to follow us on Instagram. Please continue to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Meet Mediocrity. Please subscribe to our newsletter by sending us your address on meetmediocrity.com. Please continue to support and love one another and be there for one another. And keep smiling. Be healthy. Stay well. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.